Zyla, part six, Zyla's perspective. I stopped by my mother's house in the heart of San Francisco. The city itself is rather small, but its charm is enveloping. I brought you some oxtails from that one Jamaican restaurant you like, ma, I offered. She nodded. Thank you. She hadn't said much in months. So anytime I got anything, even a sigh out of her, it felt like a victory. I composed myself, though, attempting to get a bit more from her. <clears throat> so, Ma, my sessions have been getting more interesting. She didn't say anything, but she gazed at me, silently willing me, I hope, to go on. Well, I feel like we might be hitting some sort of breakthrough, I continued. No words, but a small smile, and then, of course, she looked away. I'm glad this doesn't all feel like it's in vain, you know? I stated. I grabbed her hand, hoping to regain some of that attention. She returned her gaze to me. It was never in vain, Zyla. I smiled, afraid to say more, afraid to lose this moment. I hopped in my car, dodging the violent rain. I was hoping that I left in time to beat the traffic to my next session with Sebastian. Chances were still low that I'd make it on time anyway, simply because of who I am as a person. I shrugged to myself. I was actually excited to tell him about my little moment with my mother. Then my phone pinged. The name that lit my screen up would forever be etched into my memory. Maxwell. He had asked how my night was looking for a date with him. I stared at my phone because it wasn't lost on me that he was asking me on a date the same day that I had a session scheduled with Sebastian. I decided I was going to be a big girl, and I said I can't tonight have plans. I set my phone down on the passenger seat with the intent to begin my journey to my session, but my phone pinged again, and of course curiosity got the best of me. I stared down at the text, Are you free now? And that moment of me being a big girl, it went out the window because I said I can be free now. We decided to meet at a bakery, a bakery that sold the absolute most delicious to die for cupcakes. And maybe about two minutes into us sitting down to eat, he asked if I'd like to take a walk with him to a gallery not too far down the street. And of course, I agreed. On our walk, he began asking me those date night interview questions how long have you lived here in san francisco he started he always maintained eye contact with me whether it was him that was speaking or me he'd connect with my eyes it bothered me to admit how much the eye contact affected me i blew out of breath giving myself time to come up with an accurate response i'm from new york originally but when we moved to san francisco i was still in high school so maybe about 10 years now he chuckled Maintaining eye contact. New York, huh? That explains a lot. I laughed, probably a bit too hard. What does that explain? I asked. He stopped walking, so I followed suit. You're, uh, <clears throat> he cleared his throat, tilting my chin up with his finger. You're a bit rough around the edges, he offered. I smirked. I don't disagree. I tugged my chin away. He smiled. Well, I don't dislike it, he offered. Oh, how nice it is to have your approval. My tone is laced with sarcasm. He offered a chuckle. 
I aim to please. We arrived at the art gallery and much to my lack of surprise, it's a photo gallery of, wait for it, boudoir images. You would bring me here, I proclaimed. Why do you say that? His voice lacked the element of surprise and offense that I was expecting it to have. You're dripping in sex appeal. Oh, why did I say that? He walked towards me. Am I? Too late to back out now. Yep, I offered. So who's the photographer? He let out a short laugh. I turned to face him. He started rubbing the back of his neck, appearing a bit shy. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's mine. I'm the photographer, he said. I smirked. Of course you are. I shook my head. So are you just a boudoir photographer or do your talents expand beyond the lens? Of course they do, he said. I gazed at the clock behind him. Well, we should talk about that next time. I'm late for my appointment. Next time, he confirmed with that smirk of his that seemed to be a permanent feature. Part two of episode six, Sebastian's perspective. I heard the debate between my secretary and Zyla as they argued about Zyla's scheduled appointment time being 18 minutes prior to her actual arrival. Then, as if on cue, she flung the door open without as much as a knock as my secretary scurried behind her. She smiled at me while my secretary frowned. Sebastian, they said simultaneously, both carrying very different tones. I held up my hand, depositing a firm tone of my own. Ladies, please. I was met with silence. Without saying a word, I looked at Zyla and pointed to the chair. She took her seat. My secretary huffed off, slamming my office door behind her. Well, you've made someone very angry, I began. She shrugged. I sighed. Zyla, other people's time is important. Consider taking that into consideration. My mother and I had a conversation today, she proclaimed, disregarding my attempt to instill some order in my office. I gave in as I sat down across from her. And how did that go? It felt victorious, she stated, with a voluminous smile on her face. Victorious, I repeated the word. That's refreshing. How so? Well, it's been so long. I just, I don't know. It was nice. I released a short laugh. Congratulations, Zyla. If you just give her a bit more time to continue healing, I'm almost sure there will be more victorious moments. She offered a small smile. Now, if we could just talk about this new gentleman she's dating, I thought to myself. I went on a date, she offered. It's as if she read my mind. I maintained my composure. Ah, yes, that's right. You did mention that you were dating. How was your date? It was actually a little better than I expected, but I'm still unsure. Hmm. I'm not sure what to do with that information. Care to offer a bit more? As in what exactly you're unsure of, I offered. Well, I was initially a little hesitant to go out with him. And then I guess I just randomly discovered that my curiosity has more control over my decision-making skills. She offered a small laugh. So would you consider going out with him again? I asked. She shrugged. Maybe. Is this Maxwell that you went on a date with, Zyla? She looked at me. Sebastian. 
Is that question really necessary for our session? She was toying with me and I was falling for it. Well, considering he's a client of mine and I know him significantly better than you do, yes, it is necessary. Okay, what do I need to know? She asked. You know I can't actively discuss him with you, Sila. You know, I can't help but notice that your tone is becoming more clipped, she offered. I tilted my head. Has it? I didn't notice. Perhaps it's just coming from a place of concern and sincerity. Concern for what, Sebastian? My sex life? The two of you have already had sex? She stared at me as she tilted her head a bit. I never said that. Are you going to answer the question? I don't think so. Perhaps we should end the session here and pick back up next week, Sebastian. Have I made her uncomfortable, I thought. Have I upset you, I asked. Well, no, but I fear that if we don't end this now, you will, she stood up. Zyla, please, I pleaded. I'm just worried. I'm an adult, Sebastian. I nodded. Yes, you are. I apologize. I reached for her in an attempt to simply coax her to reclaim her seat. She allowed me to touch her elbow, so I slightly tightened my grip, pulling her towards me. She also allowed that. I tilted her chin up to force her gaze to connect with mine. Her breathing deepened. I allowed my lips to graze hers. Sila, I whispered. May I please kiss you? She nodded. My lips captured hers in a heated frenzy. She moaned into my mouth as she reached up to lace her fingers through my hair. I wrapped my arms around her waist, pulling her closer to me, feeling that I simply could not get enough. She pulled away suddenly and announced that she had to go, leaving me standing in the midst of my office, wondering if maybe the whole encounter was a figment of my imagination. Silas' Perspective I sat on the couch in Michaela's living room, sipping on the margarita that she's way too good at concocting. She sat next to me. So wait, she started. He kissed you or like kissed you? Bitch, he kissed me, I stated. Tongue, she asked. Tastefully, I answered. I freaking knew it. But I swear I thought this whole, she waved her hand between the two of us, game would have gone on for a little bit longer. I guess he just couldn't help himself. She released a bout of laughter. Well, her shoulders deflated a bit. What did you do? Did you show up in lingerie? I was suddenly feeling ashamed. I went on a date with Maxwell. You didn't, she said. Well, it wasn't like a date date. We just met up at a bakery and got cupcakes and went to an art gallery. That's it. I shrugged a shoulder. So you went on a date with the guy. It was my shoulders turned to deflate. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How would Sebastian even know about this date? Did Maxwell tell him? Did you? I scrunched my face. I did. Why would you do that? She berated me. Oh, it's not that serious. I was just experimenting. I'm sure he's experimenting too, Michaela. You know what's going to happen now, don't you? I furrowed my brows at her. What? 
Maxwell is going to give him every detail of you guys' conversation. In addition to that little date y'all went on because he likes you. And that's what people do when they like someone. They tell their therapists about them, Zyla. It's just a date. One date, I responded. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you like Maxwell? What? I mean, kind of. Oh, she flung her hands up and grabbed her glass, drinking the rest of her margarita in one gulp. All I'm saying is you're already in too deep. This is more of a game for you than it is for the two of them. It's only been one date, I repeated. It can't be that serious for Maxwell yet. Okay, let's see what happens at your next session. Maxwell's perspective. I went on a date finally. I released a short laugh, feeling slightly adolescent for telling my therapist about a date. Hmm, well you must like her if you're already telling me about her, he stated, subtly encouraging me to tell him more. I laughed. She's definitely exactly what I expected. He tilted his head. Expected? I looked at him, suddenly realizing that he doesn't know that I'm talking about Zyla. Yeah, it was Zyla. I, uh, it was, I went on a date with Zyla. I was met with a blank stare. The woman I met here, Sebastian, he looked confused. Damn, <laughs> I laughed. How many Zylas you got, Sebastian? He cleared his throat, offering what seemed like a forced laugh. Yes, yes, of course I know Zyla. So how was this little date? He asked. Little date? I laughed. Geez, oh ye of little faith, I see. Oh, no, no, of course not. I just imagine you haven't had very many dates with her. So I say little, just as a way of highlighting that I acknowledge that, that this is new. I stared at him. I'm choosing to ignore how awkward this has suddenly become. Right. Well, it was fun. I took her to my gallery, which she seemed impressed with. And your gallery? He interrupted. Your sex gallery? He confirmed. I laughed, squinting my eyes at him. You have never called it a sex gallery before, Sebastian. You thinking about getting laid or what? Has it been that long? I guffawed in laughter. He offered me another awkward laugh. <sighs> yes, I suppose it has been a while, he finally offered. I sobered up. Well, either way, I don't want to get too excited, but she is intriguing. He stared at me again. I don't recall there ever being these many moments of silence since our first session together, I thought to myself. Is everything all right, Doc? I asked. He jerked his head back a bit. Yes, of course. I was just thinking of the best way to remind you of your addictive personality. You don't want to start treating Xyla like a new addiction. Whoa there, things haven't gotten that serious, but Xyla set aside, I'd like to think I've come a long way. I thought we were focusing on not being defined by my past or whatever. Right, right, but still err on the side of caution, he offered. Of course, 
I answered, studying the new pattern of sweat that was slowly developing over the course of this incredibly strange session. Part 3. Sebastian's Perspective Good morning, Zyla. I gazed at the clock. On time today, I asked as I made my way about my office, setting myself up for the day. She was my first appointment, which of course added to my shock of her sudden punctuality. It was my turn to be late, as I was so accustomed to her being late that I thought I was actually on time. She shrugged. Don't get used to it. I released a short laugh. I'm sure that earned you a brownie point or two with my secretary. She offered another shrug, watching all my movements closely, meticulously, torturously. Silence surrounded us. It's interesting how the mere absence of words has the tendency to make all the unspoken things seem clear. So clear that it frightens you. It frightens you enough to make you seek words just in an attempt to cease the turmoil that silence threatens to birth. The silence seemed to have a pulse, or maybe it was my pulse. Either way, the atmosphere that surrounded us appeared to have developed a personality of its own. The type that has the tendency to be so potent and overbearing that it suppresses the ones that surround it. I finally took my seat across from her, meeting her eyes. So, where did we leave off last, I asked. With your tongue in my throat. She answered so nonchalantly that it took me a minute to actually be shocked. I cleared my throat. <clears throat> yes, and if I remember correctly, you left. Early. With at least 30 minutes left in the session. Hmm, she nodded. You're concerned about the remainder of the session? I shrugged a shoulder. Well, yeah, the time we spend here is crucial to your healing. Well, then let's do an hour and a half today. She possesses a mischievous mastery over my thoughts, my emotions, with her words, both spoken and unspoken. Everything she says holds a level of simplicity that the average Joe would not look into. But to me, to me, it serves as a promise that she will continue this dance of the unspoken until, well, until I speak, until I say what I really want to say, which is, why did you kiss me? She asked, cutting me off, cutting off my thoughts, actually. <clears throat> I cleared my throat again. Why did you leave? She smirked, acknowledging that she has accomplished what she set out to do, acknowledging and gloating. My vulnerability sat exposed between the two of us. You first, she countered. I am attracted to you, I stated. She smirked. That's it? I was not amused, yet I found her amusement widely attractive. Your turn, I stated, disregarding her bait. Her smirk disappeared. It seemed like you kissed me because you knew I went on a date. And I, with Maxwell... The words left my mouth without my permission. She rose to her feet with vivacious energy, pointing at me with vehemence. That! It felt like you were jealous and became less interested in me and more interested in... in... It was my turn to rise to my feet swiftly. And I grabbed her. Again, each action felt separate from me. It was as if my mind had excluded me in all its decision-making. My arm slipped around her waist and my other around the nape of her neck. More interested in what? I asked against her lips. Her breathing pattern changed. She gripped my forearm at war with herself. 
Hmm? I coaxed. She pushed away from me, causing a literal, visceral reaction. I prepared to charge after her again, but she stopped me with a simple no. Her tone was relaxed, a striking difference from the heat emanating off of her, the fire in her eyes melting the remnants of my reserve. Why did you kiss me? She demanded. Because I thought I could make you think of him less. I wanted... I gave myself a break. I wanted you to myself, and I thought I could just... I shrugged. Take you. Take me? Yes, I answered with confidence and no shame, because at this point, why hide it? I am not an object, she demanded as she stalked closer to me. That's right. Come closer. I... The second she got close enough, she became mine. If only for a few moments, I captured her lips in a way that mirrored the desperation of a drowning soul. She accepted every last suck, bite, nibble, and moan, meeting me at the point of no return with her gasps and whimpers. I picked her up and she wrapped her legs around my waist. I sat her down gently on my desk, never disconnecting my lips from hers. She tilted her head back, deepening the kiss, beckoning all primal instincts in me to shred her in my arms and mouth. Then, of course, there's a knock. Sebastian, your 10 o'clock is here. Zyla quickly peeled off of me, tripping behind my desk in the process as my office door opened. I leaned forward towards my desk, bracing myself on my knuckles. Oh, my secretary Ruby started. I thought Zyla was in here. I didn't even see her leave. She's full of surprises today, she stated from the door. <clears throat> she's, uh, she's just in the restroom. Ah, I see. Well, do you want me to send your next one back? I tried to get a hold of you on line three to let you know. I don't know what is going on with the phones today, she continued, standing in my doorway. And I am being very careful not to turn around. No, I'll come out to greet them. I'll just wrap up here with Zyla. And once she's all done, I will come out to meet them. All right. Are you okay? You look like you're having back pain. Did you pull another muscle? Uh, yeah, I answered, looking over my shoulder again. Just trying to loosen up a bit, I guess, while, while Zyla was in the bathroom. All right, well, I have Advil if you need it. Thank you. She closed the door, and I listened for the clicking of her shoes retreating down the hallway. Zyla emerged from behind my desk. I should go. She began regrouping herself, and I grabbed her elbow, pulling her towards me gently this time. We are not finished, I offered. She smirked. We'll see.